but what do you feel like mentally is stopping you? So obviously as an artist, you're going to think nothing's perfect. Mm-hmm. It genuinely feels like I don't know what I'm doing. I have these products and sure, they're great. They feel right. But in your mind, it still doesn't feel like the right time. It feels like something's wrong about it. You still want to tweak something. There was a lot of self-doubt, bro. And, and like, if if nobody's going to talk about it, like, I'm going to say it up front. Like, I have dealt with self-doubt 100%, bro. And, you know, like, you want to present yourself in a way where you're like, yeah, you know, you're confident, you're fire, you know, whatever. Now, nah, hell no, bro. There's moments where we all fucking doubt ourselves. I'm sure there's moments where you've doubted yourself and I've doubted myself hundreds of times. So for me, it was it was definitely a mixture of doubting myself. It was a mixture of, of falling in and out of love of, with my own products. And yeah, bro, it's like a lot of us want to expect extraordinary results by just putting in ordinary effort. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a very special guest. He's performed at Ruido Fest. You already performed there, right? Yeah. I want to make sure. I don't want to spread false information type <laughs> shit. He's got a residency over at Private Stock. And, man, he's just... Uh, on his way to, you know, create great music and make some releases happen. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. How are you guys? My name is S. Chicano. Escochino. Uh, Escochino, bro. I was telling him how one time they mispronounced my name on stage, said Escochino. But yeah, guys, I, uh, I'm S. Chicano. Happy to be back at the music garage after a long time. Hey, bro, you can't tell them where we're at, I was thinking at, about that. I was like, you can't tell them where we're at. Nah. They, they don't know where we're at. They know we're in Chicago. They don't know where we're at. My bad, my bad. <laughs> He's about to give out our room number and shit, too. Right. <laughs> 210. Hey, <laughs> I, hey, that's a little too close, bro. Hey, chill. <laughs> First of all, what did you even do when they fucking mispronounced your shit? Like, how are you going to show up to an event and they're going to get your shit wrong? I mean, at that point, you can't really do nothing but laugh about it. So I kind of just, I brought it up for sure. I was like, I was like, <laughs> what? Presenting who? You know, and everybody started laughing. Like, my friends that were there were laughing. But, but nah, I mean, you know, just... Take it, take it with a grain of salt. Make fun out of he it. He showed up backstage. Said, "Hey, wait, hold up. What, what'd you say?" Please welcome who? <laughs> and aside from that, like I said, you got your residency over at Private Stock. You've been working over there with them for about three years. So go ahead and talk about that relationship and how you guys even got involved with one another. I used to make music um, since as early as 2017, but I would put it all out as my as my real name. And uh, I had worked with this guy named Ryan. Shout out Ryan. I don't really know what happened to him, but he's he's fire. He was he was good, and he uh, he was like the low key. He was the link because he he put me on with uh, with private stock. So he used to record out of there, and and then one day I went to a session with uh, with Poppy Beats. Shout out Poppy Beats, and uh, he was uh, working with a with a friend of mine. And I just kind of went in there, and and it was funny because I had started off like just chilling in the corner, um, just kind of watching. I was just happy to be there, low key. I had never been like in a in a big studio like that. And uh, after a while, we exchanged information. I actually think I gave Poppy Beats a ride home and um, showed him my music. I took the opportunity. I was like, hey, check the song out. Uh, and then after that, a couple I don't really remember how it happened, but I met the owner of Private Stock. His name is Jason. He's one of the three owners. It's Herson, uh, Lewis, and, and Jason. And I met Jason, and he really liked my music. And uh, after a while, I just kind of started recording there. Um, I actually didn't get like a key to the studio until like about about a year ago low key um but yeah basically i go there and i record i've been recording since 2019 there and then all through the pandemic last year now we're going on our what almost third 
fourth year of recording there. And next year is actually their 10-year anniversary, so there's a lot of cool stuff planned for their 10-year anniversary that I'm excited about. And they're over there, you know, remodeling that studio and shit. I've actually had conversations with Jason recently. I'm supposed to go over there and, you know, check it out, you know, chill out and shit. But, yeah, I'm familiar with all three of those guys. They're super dope. Uh, You know, I've been definitely blessed to meet them and just chop it up with them. But, you know, aside from that, how do you feel like your artistry has grown just being in that environment? Obviously, with each new environment, there's different energies that are transferred to you. And the way that you work, the way that you write, the way that you even think, it's impacted by these environments that you're in day in and day out. So how do you feel like as an artist you've grown? It's been awesome having the space to be able to create. Because uh, if it wasn't for Private Stock, bro, I still would have been recording at my home studio at my mama's crib, bro. Like, that's that's what I was doing before Private Stock. And having that space where you see people walking in and out like right now there's some really really dope music and dope artists working out of private stock so having a space to be able to just create in in like a non-judgmental space is is really important i always tell people i'm like dude the most important thing about making a song is feeling like like there is zero judgment like you don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks and that was my thing was like in the beginning like you know i would i would i would worry a lot about what other people think and stuff and i was like there was like a little bit of a pressure to kind of like stand out be like all right you gotta you gotta like if i'm gonna be invited to a session to write for somebody or to help uh you know compose a piece or produce like i was always tripping like yo make sure this shit is fire you know Mm -hmm. now i just walk in and i just have fun you know what i mean like it's like if you like it you like it if not cool we'll work on something else but having that space is very important because Literally, I would tell people, I would tell Jason, I'm like, yo, this is like the Motown of Chicago right now. Like, bro, this is like the studio. And like, as far as Latino artists, any Latino artist that is, I would say, relevant or like on the come up or involved in the industry has stepped foot in private stock. That's the way I see it. And so being in an environment like that, it's almost like I feel like I'm in the middle of like a renaissance. Like you got dope ass producers in one room. You got sick ass artists working and mixing a song in one room while I'm mixing a song in the other room. And we're just planning on dropping all this shit. So it's like I feel like 2023 is going to be a big year. And I'm just really happy to be a part of that because because I really ride or die for private stock. Like they were the first people to uh, believe in my music and believe in my artistry and offer me that space and those resources. So it's it's great that's that's definitely how it's helped me just be creative bro because it's like yo you have an uncapped resource you better use it to its max potential you know so i would spend like 16 hours in the studio sometimes for like five six days a week and um there was a period in 2021 where i was working on a project and i literally slept in the studio like we slept in the studio for like about a week bro and and low key in fort knox they got this like little section where they got like showers and stuff so it was just like we're like camping out in the studio bro eating takeout and stuff and just working on this project so it was great like i said i've talked to jason and they really do do a lot to give back to the community they do their program with nepal they've been to lane tech recently just you know being that resource for the youth people who have that dream to go ahead and do something bigger with music but don't know where to start. So that's such a dope, you know, dope thing to be able to do. I want you to touch back on that fact that 
they're this center for a Latino renaissance. What do you think has contributed to that? How did that really all start for them? Honestly, I feel like a lot of it has been uh, organic. You know, I mean, they definitely have like a whole legacy that they've been working on, bro. They, I remember like when I was younger, I would see like, like, you know, we all loved like Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa and all that when they were like at the height in like 24. 14 through like 2016 i remember i was like bro like before i even made spanish music i wanted to make like 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 chicago like hip-hop <laughs> and i would like make music in english which i'm glad i stopped because it was not that good <laughs> but you know, i like that english track you got on apple music bro ah you heard it yeah, yeah, yeah. i like that shit i'll still make english music but not i won't rap no more <laughs> now you be sounding hella mexican and shit nah thank you bro i appreciate that but um so yeah, they. I remember seeing those artists and be like, "Man, like, I want to work with them one day, right? Or I want to like get on their level." Like I remember thinking that, and I remember that seeming like so unobtainable. I remember seeing that as so unobtainable, um, and like I remember getting my first laptop and being like, "I don't know how to use this shit." And now it's like it's crazy because it's like that's like it's like second nature. But basically, like they have this long-standing like like history because it's like all those artists that I looked up to recorded that studio, you know, like and and who was behind a lot of those songs? Poppy Beats was behind a lot of those songs. Poppy Beats mixed uh, "A La Verga," the last record that I did. He actually did the the sound and like all the vocal effects and all that for Ruido Fest too. With Elisa uh, and Código Verde, right? Yeah, the song with Código Verde and Elisa, he mixed and mastered. Um, and then at Rido Fest, he did all my sound production. So, like, I could sound like the record live. He he did all that. So, it's crazy to me because I'm just like, man, like, like that's that's wild. Like, 18-year-old, like, fresh out of high school me would be, like, geeked out. You know what I mean? But how did they get to that, like, center of that? It's It's been that, bro. It's just years of working, bro. I think that there's a culture in private stock. You know, it's a very inviting culture. A lot of studios you go to, bro, it does feel, like, very closed off, very, like... Like, all right, clock in, clock out, that's it. With private stock, there's, like, an environment, like, a culture and shit. And what's really dope is, like, for me, at least, ever since I've been recording there, I've opened up the doors to bring people that would have never ended up at private stock. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole corridos thing that we were doing, I don't think there was ever a single corrido recorded at private stock until I started recording there, you know? And and I brought the homies, and the homies are from harvey from dalton from cicero and berwin and they're all coming to the studio and we're recording there and i feel like that's that's the short well not even a short that's the long answer to like how do they get there it's like i feel like it's just like a like a domino effect you know you bring one dope person they start bringing their homies and their homies bring their homies and their homies bring their homies and i feel like there's been different incarnations of private stock over the years but I feel like the one that they're in right now is is definitely gonna be like the one, like mm -hmm. for sure. There's some really dope artists. You ever you ever heard of uh, Diana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ground, her brother. He's he's a phenomenal producer. He was my keyboard player for Rio Fest. Mm -hmm. So he he's a great songwriter producer. Um, Ch DJ Chava's working out of private stock now too. She's working with Diana, right? You just had Marcel last weekend. He or a couple of weeks ago, he he was working out of private stock for a while too. Like when I first started, with J bro. Yeah, with J bro, mm -hmm. all of them. First class B. Yeah, first class B, bro. Yeah, there's there's some dope artists. Touch on this Latino Renaissance. You have that in your bio. Yeah. I I seen it around Instagram a couple times so touch on that what what exactly is this latino renaissance that everybody's talking about and what 
made you join it? That's funny because like I always use the word renaissance before I even heard Cash Drop uh, kind of like coin the term like Latino renaissance and like really like promote it. I'll, I always love that word because like I, I've always been like a big history buff and I like I love like artistic movements and history and the renaissance and the enlightenment are two periods that I like fucking love. And, uh, you know, the Harlem Renaissance was dope too. And it's like, what is the Renaissance? It's renacer to be born again like a blooming of of something and that's precisely what is going on in chicago bro i was talking to some homies from la and i'm like man that's crazy because i was like there's a scene but there isn't a scene in chicago it's like weird you know what i mean i feel like we're very very close to something um there's so much talent so much culture in chicago like we see cities like like LA, like Texas, where there's like a lot of Mexican culture. But yo, Chicago has a deep, like particularly Mexican culture. You know, uh, we shot the video on, on 26th and La Villita and on 18th and all that. So there's like a huge Latino movement uh, of artists, of creatives, of businesses. So the reason why I have that in my bio is because uh, Cash Up was doing a thing where they're like, hey, everybody put Latino Renaissance in your bio um, and we'll shout you out or something like that. Um, my manager, Scheme, Scheme Navarro, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's he's dope. He's, uh, he's He was a, a rapper like a couple of years ago. He was he was doing some really dope shit in Chicago. Now he's more in the business side. And he's been like uh, managing me alongside uh, Jason from Private Stock. And he put me on with, uh, with Cash Drop. Cash Drop actually like funded... Uh, the most recent video that we just dropped, Carico uh, Le Suena. And so I've just been like going to like all of Cash Drops, like networking events and stuff. And they're all Latino based. Uh, they're a business that like their focus is to like uh, empower other local Latino businesses, particularly in Chicago, but all around the world. So they started uh, putting that Latino renaissance in their bios and stuff. And I put it on there. But but yeah, bro, that's legit what's going on right now. I just feel like like the most important thing and that's something that Chicago has struggled with a lot is like coming together, bro. So I feel like we're all on our own shit a lot of the time. And it's not even on no hater shit. I feel like it's just like we kind of like we're programmed to like look out for ourselves and keep our circle close. But I feel like if if we come together as as a lot of artists and just like drop the politics and drop the, the ego shit and things like that and just work, bro, we we have so much potential to pop off harder than any fucking city in, in, in the U.S., you know what I mean? And, and it's interesting because a lot of people, they leave Chicago because it's like, well, what's coming out of Chicago, you know? You got Puerto Rico, you got Mexico, you got L.A., you know, if it's corridos or if it's uh, reggaeton. But like, bro, Chicago has historically been an epicenter for the arts so i feel like we're onto something fire bro and if it's like if it's not gonna be uh other people doing it then i'm gonna fucking put my best fucking foot forward to like to like be one of the heavy hitters in the in the latino renaissance in the in the city of chicago bro i feel like that's really important so that's that's what it means to me at least personally i'm glad you mentioned that honestly you mentioned the fact that this is what's holding us back. This idea that we can't make it with without the help of others. We don't want to help others because we're so focused on ourselves. And a lot of the times that's what people say online. They say, just because you're supporting other people doesn't mean that it's going to impact you. A lot of people don't want to support one another because they're afraid that it's going to impact what they got going on. And... That's the whole thing about our episode. It's going to be 
holding me back? What's holding us back in general? What's holding our community back? What's holding you back as an artist? What's holding you back as a person? I feel like we all have something that's holding us back. Recently for me, it's been, I haven't been able to express what's been going on in my head. I haven't been able to express what's been going on with me. And that's just a block that I have, a mental block. I took that trip to Puerto Rico because I needed that time to reset, reevaluate. Shout out to Vic, because Vic was literally the person that said, I was already thinking about it. I was literally like, hey, I might go to Puerto Rico. He's like, fuck it, do it. We rescheduled the video that we were supposed to shoot on Wednesday just because I said, fuck it, man. I, I need to get out of here and I need to go figure out what's wrong with me. You've had that residency at Private Stock for three years already. Yeah, bro. When we were talking, you mentioned to me that Yes, I've had this residency for three years, but look at my catalog. My catalog has only about six songs put out on Apple Music. It's less, bro. I think it's five. You've had this residency for three years already. You have this really short catalog, but I'm sure you have more than enough music to put out. What do you feel like has been holding you back? Fuck, man. That's that's the craziest question. Like, It's like when people ask me, like, why have you not put the music up why don't you put the music up bro i'll pull up my phone and show you fucking like 10 more songs right now that are fucking like better than any of the songs that i put out low-key and and i don't know bro honestly like the way I, I explain it to people is like like i'm a legitimate like living breathing artist in the sense that i don't do this shit because i want clout I don't do this shit because I want a whole bunch of followers and likes. Like, hell yeah, we all want money. I want money. Money can buy you very nice things, you know? But, like, I already made money. I sold cars for five years. That was my day job. And and I left that. Bro, I was I was 23 years old making six figures, bro. Selling cars, selling Jeeps. I was selling Jeeps. Yeah, you know, I bought nice things. Yeah, I, I ate really good. You know, dumb, dumb shit, right? Where is that money today? I couldn't tell you, you know? Um, but that's when I realized, like, to me, money was very meaningless because I was like, I got a taste of it very young uh, by hustling, bro. Like, I dropped out of college, bro. I I, I started off at a rinky-dink dealership on on, on uh, Western and Irving Park. And from there, I, I, I catapulted to, to the Gold Coast and I started selling Volkswagens and I went to... to uh, uh, Marino Jeep. <laughs> Shout out Marino Jeep. Right there on Irving. Yeah, bro. I was selling My boy Jeeps, works, bro. Worked there. Worked Who's your there. boy? Uh, I mean, how long ago were you working there? Like 2018 to like 2020. You wouldn't know him. I wouldn't know him. No, I don't think so. Anyway, so I I left the dealership to start uh just recording full time, making music. For a while, I was I was balancing a day job, bro, nine to nine. Like, some days I work 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And if I get a customer at 8.45 p.m., guess what, motherfucker? If you haven't sold a car all day, you're going to stay here until the customer buys. So I'll be staying there until 12 at night sometimes. And then, and even then on my 9 to 9 days, since private stock was not very far from the dealership, I'll go to the studio. I'll make music, bro. I'll take off my work clothes, go make music until 2, 3 in the morning, wake up at 7 in the morning, get dressed, be back at work at 8. And I did that. Um, you know, I was a lot more resilient back then. I was 23 years old, you know, 22 years old. And and it was like, you know, running on five hours of sleep was no biggie. Uh, but I was uh, doing that for the first year. Then the pandemic happened. And I feel like the pandemic was really cool because it like 
in the sense that like it rewired everybody's this is the only dude that would say the pandemic was really cool i got my ass beat by covid twice so so i feel like i can kind of say it is all right but not low-key what i meant to say was that like you know the pandemic was cool in the sense that it rewired everybody's brains like like i remember i thought i was hot shit in 2019 bro i was doing a little festival we're all doing the thing and shit you walk in a twist to get free drinks and all that bullshit. And then it's like pandemic happens and ain't nobody cool now, bro. It's like back to square one. Like there is no like social hierarchy, no social ladder. It's like we're all, first of all, trying to stay sane. Second of all, trying to stay safe. And third of all, just fucking trying to not go broke, bro. Because the pandemic was fucked up, you know. But it's like a lot of like good things happen. A lot of bad things happen. Because I found myself doing things I would have never done, bro. Like, going to the fucking park. Like, when was the last time you went to the park, bro? You know what I mean? Like, I was at the park chilling, bro. Like, drinking wine at the park. You know, riding my bike. The fuck I'm gonna do riding a bike, bro? I was riding my bike. 2020, I stopped caring about, like... No, I'm not gonna put shit out in 2020. The last song I put out in 2020 was down right before the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. I remember I was listening to Bad Bunny's album, Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana. It was, like... I dropped, like, on February 28th, I remember... And, like, March 1st, we went on the two-week lockdown. So it was, like, it was weird, bro, because I was, like, fuck it. Like, and I just went into hermit shell mode and just started making music, bro. In the summer of 2020 alone, I probably recorded, like, about about over 100 songs. Like, 100 songs. And in 2021, not to mention 2021, 2021, bro, I got, like, like at least 20 more corridos, you know? And I've only dropped those two. A la verga and que rico le suena. Um, but I always tell people, like, to me, music is like food, bro. Like, like some days you want to fucking get some sushi, bro, and you want some maki, and you want the fucking, the whole thing. And then the next day you want a fucking burger, bro, with some grilled onions and shit. You don't want to eat the same shit every day. That's how I see music, bro. I'll be making, like, a corrido, and I'll be all about it for, like, two, three weeks. Putos fucking corridos, you know? And I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I want to make, like, a rock song, bro. You know? I want to make a, I want to make a, a reggaeton song. I want to make a cumbia, bro. I love cumbia. And so that was kind of like a blessing and a curse, bro. Being able to like be like a chameleon and 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 like uh, blend in with all these genres perfectly is a blessing and a curse because it's like you can do all this dope shit, but at the same time, it's like there is no definable sound. See, if you listen to my catalog, I got an R and B song, I got a corrido, I got a trap a trap corrido and like a corrido like authentic, and then I got uh, cumbia, and and then I got like this folkloric Jonona cover. Uh, the issue for dropping it all is like it's like I make so much music now and I and, and I like I love it all so much, bro. And I'm a perfectionist, bro. I have OCD, like legit, like since I was a little kid. Mm. Like I'll be like rearranging shit, like this isn't straight and all that, you know. Mm. So for me, it's like I'll be obsessed with the song, bro, until it's perfect. Even even Carico le suena. If I hadn't been kind of like pushed to drop it. It would still not be released. Hey, you got the video funded. Yeah, I had to follow through at that point, bro. But what do you feel like mentally is stopping you? So obviously as an artist, you're going to think nothing's perfect. Mm -hmm. It genuinely feels like I don't know what I'm doing. I have these products and sure, they're great. They feel right. Mm -hmm. 
but in your mind, it still doesn't feel like the right time. It feels like something's wrong about it. You still want to tweak something. That's not the reason at all, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, bro. The, the, the matter of the fact is a lot of us, we can be fucking lazy, bro. You can spray cologne on shit and say that it's, oh, I'm a perfectionist, I'm XYZ, bro. It's like... Sometimes we're just lazy, bro, and we let external factors influence us internally. So what were those external factors? I dealt with, like, with, like, a lot of, like, on and off, like, depression and anxiety, bro. Like, fuck, like, what are, wh- is it even worth it? You know what I mean? Like, like there was a lot of self-doubt, bro, and, and like, if, if nobody's gonna talk about it like i'm gonna say it up front like i have dealt with self-doubt 100 bro and you know like you want to present yourself in a way where you're like yeah you're not you're confident you're fire you know whatever now nah, hell no bro there's moments where we all fucking doubt ourselves i'm sure there's moments where you've doubted yourself and i've doubted myself hundreds of times so for me it was it was definitely a mixture of doubting myself it was a mixture of of falling in and out of love of with my own products um and yeah bro it's like a lot of us want to expect extraordinary results by just putting in ordinary effort you know what i mean and no nothing extraordinary has ever come by ordinary means um and i feel like i forgot that for a while because i see i see the things that i have accomplished when i do go on crackhead mode and like say i'm gonna fucking work 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 i got on real fast you know what i mean like i've been on the radio i've gotten press write-ups things like that when i've put the work in and i feel like sometimes we taste success a little too early and then we get like a little comfortable you know what i mean and we don't put in like the the work that we should um and it takes like a fucking wake-up call which can segue into like what we're gonna talk about next right but it takes like a wake-up call for you to be like yo bro time is fucking limited like you need to work you know and um yeah that was one of my issues was that like the depression the anxiety bro i was drinking a lot partying you know where was all of this stemming from though because it obviously didn't just start out of nowhere i feel like it's accumulation of things bro it's accumulation of things i mean i did something that i did not want to do for five years bro i was working at a dealership i never wanted to sell cars you know what i mean and uh I feel like there was a level of like dissatisfaction, like disillusion with that. So I'm like, fuck, man, I wish I was famous already or I wish I was doing this. So I feel like I was not very happy with the direction of where my life was going. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to like pinpoint like a specific issue that stems all my fucking you know anxiety and depression yeah, shit that, that stems your issues right <laughs> shit out of dr phil i'll go cry on the couch right now you know what i mean you know the older i get it's like you learn how to work with that shit and you learn how to manage your 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 depression your anxiety your uh your fear of i don't know like expectations of what people are gonna think of you or they're gonna say of you, you we just grow and mature bro my defense mechanism for a long time was like i'd be on my on my like six nine shit i'll be talking crazy on instagram i'll be trying to like come off as like kind of like uh i don't know over the top you know in reality it was a defense mechanism because like i feel like ever since i was younger and shit like i've been doubted a lot you know and so like like on my kanye shit like i wanted to like prove people wrong like oh yeah bet you know all that did bro it didn't make me feel any better. All it did was just, like, fucking alienate people sometimes, you know? And 
And so I feel like a lot of us deal with that. We have like tough skin. We have like alligator skin where we're like, we might come off as standoffish, especially in Chicago, bro. Everybody thinks everybody's cocky. <laughs> but in reality, it's like you meet these people and they're not actually, you know, we're, we're a lot of people are cool as fuck, but we kind of have to carry ourselves that way. I don't know, bro. Honestly, I don't get that anymore. I, I think that because I do this, I've just learned to, okay, once somebody gets here, then I can be a true judge of character. Facts, yeah. Even online, I don't see a lot of people being cocky nowadays. I don't see a lot of people saying, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that. All I see is literally people giving thanks for everybody who supports them all the time, at least personally for me. No, that's good, man. What do you feel like you've learned about yourself through this process of going through those mental struggles? doing something that you didn't love for all those years and just not feeling confident in yourself the less i gave a fuck about what anybody thinks the more brilliant my music started sounding so like for example making the jump from palomita blanca to carico le suena those are two very very different sounding songs if i had if i had let people's opinions sway me about trying to delve into corridos Bro, I'm from, my family's from the F, bro. They don't even listen to Corridos, bro. They listen to El Tri and Mana and, like, fucking Caifanes and shit, you know? Um, I didn't grow up listening to Corridos in my household, bro. Only times I would hear Corridos would be when we'd go shopping in, like, Guanajuato and go, like, getting a Cermac and shit, Tony's and stuff. That's when I would hear Corridos, but I didn't grow up listening to Corridos. And so, like, when I would listen to Corridos at home, my parents would be like, ¿Y tú, güey, de dónde te gusta esa música? Since when do you like this shit? And I'm like, I like it. If I would have let anybody's opinions, like, guide me, I would have never gotten into Corridos. So I feel like what I've learned has been to really just... Do this, bro. What's what is what is real will always prevail. You know what I mean. So if you're gonna make a whole bunch of bullshit because you want the DJs to play it or you want like it to go viral on TikTok and shit, and it's not real organic, sure you might get the plays. It might be fire, but it's not gonna connect with anybody, bro. And it'll be fire for like two weeks and shit. You'll get your couple hundred thousand streams, and then it's gonna be on to the next thing. So for me, it's been. Uh, having a concise vision what is what you're what, why are you doing this and what is what you're trying to accomplish you know i'm gonna pull up this lyric right now just for you but while you while i do that go ahead finish your thought that's one of the things of the pandemic bro that rewired me was at first i was all about like bro you know you get a little taste of success you get a little taste of like approval from people and stuff like that you start feeling yourself you start getting lost in the sauce and shit when all that reset I realize what matters, bro. I, you start seeing who your real friends are. You start seeing who's checking up on you. You start seeing who are the homies, who really uh, cares about you. You start appreciating your family, bro. At the end of the day, and it's not always like this because sometimes people don't have the best families, but at least I've been fortunate enough to know that family is all I've got, bro. At the end of the day, bro, you need anything, bro. You need to get bailed out. You got family, bro. You need someone to go on the side of the road and fucking jump your jump start your car, bro. Family. He's sounding like Dominic Toretto out here. Yeah, <laughs> for real, right? But 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 that's how I see it, bro. Is that that for me? That's what what has has mattered the most. And so when I feel like insecure, I feel down about myself, bro. I remember, I remind myself, motherfucker, your parents were immigrants for twenty five years here, bro working hard as fuck to give you everything for you to be insecure and i know sometimes people are like they can call that toxic positivity or whatever but like for me it's just more so like a like a wake-up call bro it's like 
depressed about what, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you didn't... You know, like you're alive, bro. That's the first thing. You're alive, bro. You you live in Chicago, bro. Chicago's fucking crazy, bro. The fact that 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 you're alive, that you're healthy, you have your four grandparents, you have your two parents, bro. That though, I think about those things when I feel down. I think about that, bro. I think about me being sick with COVID, bro, and and fucking not knowing if I was gonna go to the fucking ER next and get a tube down my throat, bro. I think about that. I'm like. Depressed about what, bro? Be excited that you're alive, that you're here. That's how I talk to myself, and that's what keeps me motivated. That's how what keeps me going, is I think about my father, bro. I look at my mom, I look at my dad, bro, and I'm like, you guys did not work this fucking hard for me to not fucking make that all worth it. Sometimes it's hard, though. It's hard to see what everybody else has done. It's hard to see anything except the problems that you have, especially when you're drowning so much. Absolutely. For me, especially recently, I ran into this wall of what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I feel like I'm off. I feel like there's something that I'm not expressing and I'm just holding on to it. But I can't say it because I don't know how to. And I just realized that what was holding me back was not being able to express those emotions like I have for what are we on the fucking 80th episode for 80 episodes. I've expressed exactly how I felt when I felt it, whenever I wanted, however I wanted. And I didn't give a fuck who was listening. I didn't give a fuck who had what to say about my shit. It's vulnerable, right? Cause then you put that shit on the internet and you're like, Oh shit. I think that as it's continued to grow, I've focused on, getting the guest to talk. I focused on getting the guest's point of view out there and letting people know who this guest is. And that's great. But that wasn't the reason I created this shit. The reason I created it was because I felt fucking down. I felt like I was going through that shit. And being able to bring somebody on who could express that shit with me was the goal. So, so, so I lost that. I lost the fact that I didn't know what I was writing about anymore. I'm writing so that I can show people who this person is. But at the end of the day, is the topic getting covered? Is what we need to talk about really getting covered? And I found the song Beautiful by Eminem because it really just reminded me about the fact that I was, I took a vacation and I realized it wasn't that I didn't know how to write anymore because I genuinely felt like I didn't know what I was doing anymore. I didn't feel like the way that I was expressing myself worked and I felt like everything I'm doing now is wrong, just like I was expressing to you. Sometimes as an artist, we just feel like things are wrong, but they're not. We just got to reevaluate what we're doing. The lyrics I took was, I don't know how or why or when, and I ended up in the position I'm in. I'm starting to feel distant again, so I decided to just pick this pen up and try to make an attempt to vent but i just can't admit or come to grips with the fact that i may be done with rap i need a new outlet i definitely have started to feel like man my time my time is done i forgot how to write i can't do this shit anymore i'm not good at this shit anymore but that wasn't the issue the issue was i'm having these thoughts i'm having these feelings of i'm not good at this shit anymore i i'm bad at this and I'm not expressing this to anybody because I'm afraid I say this shit out loud, then it becomes true. Then it becomes, I really can't do this shit anymore, and I'm just going to stop doing it because I'm so insecure about what I'm doing. 
these people who watch my shit weekly are going to start thinking like, man, this guy doesn't even think his shit's good. He doesn't think his shit's good, so then why should I think his shit's good? But in the reality is people watch this shit for the raw emotions. So what the fuck was I doing trying to mask an emotion that I'm fucking going through? When you start feeling a little bit of a loss of direction... And I feel like that's the most important thing, bro. When a person loses their sense of meaning or sense of direction, that is instantly the moment when depression and anxiety and, and bro, even even like like when I've felt my lowest, bro, and I've dealt with, with some very dark thoughts and shit, that is because of the la- lack and the lost sense of direction. The lack of direction. And so, like, if you feel like, like, for example, you said you started this this podcast. And I, I went all the way to, like, your oldest, like, videos and stuff. And I was, like, watching it. It was all dark. The room was dark and shit. And it was just you and a homie just talking oh, and stuff. Damn. There you go, you know? If you lose, like, that integral, like, kind of, like, 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 where it started and shit. And now it becomes more about, like, oh, let's talk about artists or whatever it might be, right? Um, see, I didn't even know, like, I mean, the name says it all, right? Sad Boy Radio, right? Mm-hmm. But but I, uh, to me, I just loved the coverage you were giving local artists. I mean, that's what, what drew my attention initially. But then I started listening to some of your earlier stuff. And I was like, okay, this is dope. Like, you know, it's like almost like an outlet. It's coming like a, like a space to speak about. And I've always been about that, bro. Like, there was a period where I was a lot more vulnerable on my social media as well, where I would openly speak about depressions, openly speak about anxiety, openly speak about the moments where I've even felt like, you know, like suicidal, bro. And, and like, that shit's deep, you know? But, like, I, there's every there's a lot of people that will relate more than you think. And, and, and when you lose that kind of feeling of, like, worry about, like, what anybody thinks, bro, that's when people fuck with you the most, bro, because they're like, yo, this is a real person. This is not just gimmicks. This is not just, like, entertainment, but it's, like, a real person. Right now, I put out my exciting music, my fun, wild music, but, bro, a lot of my music is very, very deep. A lot of my music is very, very much touching about those things. And that's the music I'm most excited to put out, bro. You know, I put this, it's like a, it's like a game of chess, bro. You make your moves at first or whatever, but like the real, the real hardy shit is coming up like next year. But what I was going to say, bro, is that when you feel down and stuff and you say that like when you speak about certain things, you feel like then they become true. That's true. And it's not true. It's true in the sense that you might believe it. Right. But, but I always talk about manifestation. Manifestation is real as fuck. If I rewind to like where I was a couple of years ago until where I am now, I have most of everything that I've wanted, bro you know so that that's how i see things so when you think to yourself like fuck if i if i vocalize my 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 darker thoughts or my insecurities and stuff they become real yes and no you know it's important to let it out it's important to talk to some people that like fucking want to listen or that you feel like can actually like hear you out and for me it wasn't the fact that i felt i was manifesting negative things i felt that once I said it, that it there was no way of going back. There was there was no way for me to really focus back in. These are battles that I'm going through myself, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how do I get back to what I was originally doing. How do I find a way to incorporate what I was doing, but continue to do what I'm doing now? Because a lot of people love the product now. A lot of people see the product and they say, "Damn, that shit's dope as fuck." I'm you know, I'm happy with what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. But there's also that sense of, man, I lost my direction. And I've had weeks where I sit here with Vic. I've had weeks where I sit here with the guest. And I'm like, yeah, that that shit was cool. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate the conversation. And it was a dope conversation. 
but it didn't feel like how I felt when I did this shit a year ago. You didn't dig into what you wanted to dig into. When I left for Puerto Rico, and I'm emphasizing this trip so much because I left for that purpose. I left to figure out what am I going to write about? Can I even write an outline still? What is blocking me? You're blocking, you know, just like I said, what is blocking you? Why did you not use your time at private stock to the best of your ability? What's blocking us from being the best podcast out there? What's blocking me from being the best person I can be? You want to know the, 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 the sobering truth, bro? For me, at least, wasn't working hard enough, bro. Wasn't working hard enough. I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, I did the math, bro. I'm like 16 hours times five days a week times four weeks in a month times 12 months times three years. Do the math at $65, $75 an hour, bro. I'm like, how much money would other people have to pay to have the resources that you've had right now, bro? A lot. 21 Savage. And it's like, use that shit. So I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know. I can't speak for you personally when you say, like, what's stopping, like, you know, this being the biggest podcast. <clears throat> if anything, I think you're doing a fucking phenomenal job. That's what people see. I, you know, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your kind words. But that's what people see. I haven't posted in a fucking week. And that shit feels good. I'm not going to lie. It, it feels good to not have to worry about, let me post at this time. Let me post what I think is going to blow up. And when it doesn't blow up, damn, I feel shitty. Yeah. My last reel blew up. That shit didn't feel good. It was all fucking bots. Mm. What? Why am I going to be happy about bots blowing my shit up? I don't even value that shit anymore, bro. Like, likes and shit, bro. I go on TikTok, and I see a fucking picture of a cat, bro, eating a fucking cracker, and it's fucking 40,000 likes and views. I don't value it, but when it's fake, that shit doesn't feel good. Nah, it feels even worse, right? Tell me a thousand real people watching your shit and actually watching that shit doesn't feel better than fucking... A hundred thousand bots watching your shit. Like I would rather have one meaningful connection and interaction with one person, bro, than to be greeted by a whole bunch of people. Ask Chicano, what's up, bro? Ask Chicano, what's up, bro? <clears throat> and that's it. Like, <clears throat> what value have I had to your life? You know what I mean? And I always tell people, if I'm not of value to your life, if I'm not enriching you or building you up in any way, then I am completely meaningless to your life. So I want every person that I that I interact with that I have a conversation with to be able to say like, yo, if God forbid the next day comes and, and something happens to me and I pass away, bro, I want everybody in there to be like, yo, my life was impacted by this person. Like my life was impacted positively. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have done this. If it wasn't for him, I would still be here. If it wasn't for whatever, or even if this is, if it's as simple as, yo, he, he listened to me, he heard me out when I really needed it. That's more important, bro. And those are some of the things that I have thought about. Like when you ask me like, you know, um, what 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 I've realized over the years. So what's stopping us, bro? What's stopping us is fear of our own success. That's the first thing. Fear of our own success, bro. Because think about it. You blow up, bro. How many eyes are going to be on you, bro? You know? Motherfuckers will just be waiting for you to slip up. Because motherfuckers be haters, bro. Like, people love that shit. So it's like, we're, you're, maybe sometimes we're afraid of your own success. Second of all, maybe we're afraid of putting in the work. You know? Cause, cause you know, like let's use an example, bro. Editing, uh, editing the footage of this, for example, color grading and shit. I don't know about you, but me, when I'm mixing a song, like it's different than when I'm writing the song. When I'm writing the song and I'm recording the instruments and I'm writing and all that, I'm all about it. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is fire. 
okay, but now you gotta mix it and you gotta master it. You gotta compress it. Now you gotta EQ it. That's when I hate it, bro. I will walk away from it, come back in an hour, like, all right, work for like 15 minutes, check my phone. And then go do this and go do bullshit. We want to feel good. It's Our society, bro, has become all about feelings. Oh, I feel good. I feel sad. And now you think your life sucks because you had one bad day. And it's like somebody said to me, Father Oscar said to me, he was like, it's like bad moments, but never a bad day or something like that. I feel like sometimes we go through some shit and we have like, we feel bad in the moment and then we think our whole life sucks. Or we feel fucking great in the moment and then we feel like, yeah, we're on top of the world. And then we have the sobering realization that we're not. And then we, it's like a up and down cycle, bro. Especially with social media, bro. We're wired for instant gratification. We're wired for validation. We're wired for those endorphins and that dopamine and shit. So it's like, we let go of that, bro. And kind of like, that's why I like that you traveled, bro. And I mentioned that in the messages. When I feel overwhelmed, bro, I just drop my shit and leave, bro. I leave for two, three weeks four weeks sometimes a month bro i went to mexico i went to tijuana i went to san diego i went to miami i went to guanajuato that shit rewired me bro it just feels good to get out of your four walls what's been the biggest change you've seen in yourself so you know that can go all the way back to when you first started at private stock or even you know your recent battle with covid your ass was dying for about a month two weeks so just really the biggest change you've seen in yourself and how you've grown and your mentality has changed. You really focused heavily on that. I'm in grind mode now, but everybody's in fucking grind mode, man. When you told me that shit, you know, I wanted you to go deeper. You know how many times I've had somebody text me and say, I'm just focused on making music. I'm just focused on getting better. What's changed the most, bro, is Drop your fucking bad habits. What's changed, bro? You know, you said you dropped your bad habit. What bad habit? Well, why why drop your bad habits? What has dropping this specific bad habit done for you? It was laziness. Not laziness in the sense that you're fucking sitting on the couch scratching your ass. It's more so like laziness in, in a mental state. You know what I mean? Like mental laziness is the worst like procrastination and things like that. So what's changed, bro, is that I, I got tired, bro. I got tired of not... Of not being where I wanted to be, bro. I I hit rock bottom a couple of times where I had no money, bro. You know what I mean? Where where when your health starts failing you and and you're fucking sick, that's like rock bottom. So for me, I was just like, okay, great. Had you been living? Because when you're in the face of like death and you realize to yourself, like, damn, I could get really sick, or whether it's like a close call, bro, and you get in an accident or something, you ask yourself, what the fuck did you accomplish? What have you done, you know? And I feel like sometimes those questions can be hard on us, but at the same time, they're very important to ask ourselves. It's like, what have you done? And so when I kind of, like, thought about that and I saw it like that, bro, I'm like, okay, so not much. What are you going to do now moving forward? So what's changed? I mean, I wish I had, like, a deeper answer. Like, man, you know, I was staring at the ceiling one day and I had, like, a realization and I felt God talk to me and boo-boo-boo. It's just much simpler than that, bro. I just realized, bro... Once you can't do something, bro, like, for example, I've been wanting to hit the gym and, like, fucking get in shape and all that shit. I couldn't even fucking breathe, dog, you know? And so once you you realize you can't even do that, bro, like, I stepped out to go get something from, like, Walgreens, bro, and I felt dizzy, bro. I felt lightheaded. Once you realize you cannot do things anymore, you're like, fuck, man, so much time wasted. I wish I would have done things sooner or earlier. So, I mean, for me, that's really what it was, bro. 
this is the second time that I've had that realization because I had that realization last year when I got COVID and it hit me just as bad, bro. To me, I've never had like a crazy close call, bro, like with death or nothing like that. I wish I had a crazy story. Like, man, you know, I dodged 16 bullets. Hey, this dude's about to walk out. I'm not even going to wish that on you, bro. Bro, hey. we're talking about manifesting, <laughs> hey, bro. Chill, Relax. Bro. But uh, knock on wood, bro. Where's the wood? Right here. That was like the closest wake-up call to me to like, bro, like legit there was a day where I felt like, bro, is this, like, when I'm supposed to call, like, an ambulance? Like, I don't know. Like, I legit didn't know. I'm like, am I tripping? Or, like, am I really fucking sick? I'm glad I didn't because I'm doing a lot better. But to me, that's like, bro, my mentality was as soon as I get better, bro, I have so much shit to do. And I was still, I had COVID while we were editing the video, bro, for Kerikulis. For, we're doing it through Zoom, bro. And I'm sitting there editing the video through Zoom and telling them, okay, move this here, move that there. But that was like what's changed for me, bro, is that I came to the realization that, that, that I wasted a lot of time, bro, just, you know, because to me it was always about feeling good, enjoying the moment, you know, because a lot of people would be working because, oh, I'm working really hard right now because when I'm 30, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to do this and I'm going to travel and I want to have kids and boo, boo, boo. And for me, I'm like, all right, well, I'm enjoying my life right now, right now. But then you realize that you enjoy your life so much in the moment that you have not built a foundation for anything of longevity. And so for me, I was just like, you know, it, I, I, I feel like our experiences build that, you know, in and of itself or our experiences and what we've gone through have built that. Um, but at the same time, it's like there comes a point where you kind of have to have a clear, concise vision. OK, what do you want to accomplish? What does it take to get there? And I like to start with the top. All right. I want to be famous. Right. I want to live off of music. OK, great. What is it going to take from there? Well, you have to have some successful rollouts. OK, what's going to take from there? Well, you need to put music out. You need to. And then from there, you need to record at a studio. OK, what do you need from that? Well, you need money. OK. And you start trickling down, you know, and that's kind of how I've been seeing things moving forward is like, all right, what's my goal and how do I need to get there? So what changed for me was that, bro, is that I don't want to waste a single fucking more day bro knowing your potential knowing like bro you're onto you personally you're onto something fire bro you've gotten some of the coolest fucking people in chicago to come in a room and talk to you for an hour bro that's fire bro you know some of those people you see them out in the club you know they they got their whole people they're doing their thing bro and you got them sitting here opening up to you that's crazy bro that takes a lot i don't know if you party a lot and like you met these people organically or if it was all through the internet or what bro but like you're onto something fire so it's like so it's like there's nothing stopping you from blowing this shit up, bro. It's just work, 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 work harder, work harder. And sometimes, bro, we do have to fucking like just fucking take it, put our fucking chin down, bro, and just work and put our emotions to the side. Now, I like to say it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. That's what I tell people. So, yes, process your feelings. Because if you're just a machine, bro, you're going to crash. That's how I was for a while. I refused to feel anything. And then what happened? I was fucking doing drugs and fucking drinking all the fucking time. And then I realized one day you have a fucking problem. It's really more so I don't want to not feel anything. If I'm to the point where I'm not feeling something, this shit's not sad boy radio anymore. It's boy, it's boy radio. Boy radio, <laughs> my boy. It's boy radio. <laughs> but once I get to the point of I don't feel anything, there's a real problem. For sure. That point comes when you're not expressing what's going on in your life. You're not expressing what's impacting you mentally. So that's what I want to do from now on. I want to be at the point where I don't give a fuck what I say again because if somebody gets offended... Fuck it. 
they're offended because that shit related to them. And if that shit doesn't relate to them, if it doesn't pertain to them, then oh well, like, don't be fucking offended by it. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I was nervous coming into here because I'm like, all right, watch what you say, bro. Don't say nothing crazy. This shit's going to be on the internet. But the more I talk, I get comfortable. And it's like, bro, like, you know, you just loosen up and you talk about what's real and shit. And it's like, bro, I'll tell you, like, this morning, what, what, what was I tripping about today, for example? Bro, I was tripping about money, bro. I'm like, fuck, bro. You go from making fucking six figures selling cars, bro, to like chipping about the IRS taking their $99 payment from your uh, back taxes and shit. You're worrying about that. You're worried about, fuck, bro. It's almost the first. So I worried about money. I was nervous because I tried singing and my voice was kind of hoarse and raspy. And like, I want to record already, bro. And my friends and the people close to me are like, you need to stop straining your voice. But I'm like, fuck, but I want to sing already, bro. I want to make music. So I am I was worried this morning. I'm like, damn, what if my voice is going to sound different moving forward? Like, what if I'm never going to sing the same again? What if, like, you know, X, Y, Z, what if I don't get better, Um, you know, because I had this on and off cough and things like that. Those are, like, the real things that I think about in the morning, you know. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck, bro, like, my car, something's wrong with the suspension and shit. Like, you know, these are the real-ass shits, you know. Yeah, I'm promoting que rico le suena on the internet, bro, you know, whatever. But behind the scenes, I'm worried about my car. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my health. That's the thing that people don't fucking see. You see all these DJs. You see all these artists. You see all these Chicago creatives promoting their shit, making it look like... Uh, fucking shit sweet. Mm-hmm. Everybody is going through some shit. Mm-hmm. So don't ever think that you're the only one going through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like we don't want to talk about it almost because I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but if you feel like you talk about it, I feel like you kind of discredit yourself a little bit. Like, damn, you just lost your coolest because now people know you're just like them and shit. Like, I don't give a fuck, bro. You know, like, like one of my accounts is overdrawn. Like I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, and it's like it's not gonna be. You know, like like a hustler always finds a way. You know, over the over the summer, bro, I was doing a uh, movings, bro. I have a box truck, and so I just put it on Facebook, like mudanzas, baratas. You know, and I was doing movings, bro. He was working like a real Mexican. Abuevo, abuevo, as as I should, you know, and uh, and I was doing the movings and shit. You know, I, I, the first moving I did, bro, I only charged one fifty, and from that one fifty, I had to pay my boy sixty plus twenty bucks in gas, bro. I made nothing, bro, and it was a fucked up moving. It was like the third floor to a third floor, and like boxes and bags. They said I definitely finessed his ass. Right. By the end of the summer, bro, I was charging six hundred a move minimum. <laughs> you know, um, but that's the real shit, bro. And and even that, I would post on Instagram. I, I I did not fear what people were gonna think about me, bro. I feel like the more relatable and the more real I am, the more people fuck with you. And that's the truth of the matter, bro. And it's like, mm, my dad does hardwood flooring, bro. He's done it for years, bro. But a fun fact is that, like, and this is what what this is why this shit, and this is important. This is why this shit, uh, flows through my veins, throw, flows through my blood, is that. My dad came here with nothing, right? And him and his brother one day for my second birthday dressed up as clowns, bro. And they called themselves Cascaron y Cascarita. And I grew up going to the church a lot. And so there was a whole bunch of young families in the church. And like this was like 98. I was two years old. And my uh, dad dressed up as a clown. And they were so funny, naturally so funny, that everybody in that church was like, Hey, can you do my kid's birthday? It's next week. Oh, my kid's birthday is next month. Boo, boo, boo. Next thing you know, they had a full-fledged, thriving business as clowns. 
clowns, my dad and my uncle, bro, to the point where they were on Despierta America, they were on Telemundo, Univision, Barlam and Bailey, they were on La Que Buena, like doing interviews, they were about bro. To get their own fucking show. They they offered them a show, <laughs> and my parents, real? yeah, but they said, all right, all right, we're gonna relocate you, not your family, you two. You guys are gonna have to be here at least, you know, three quarters of the year, and then uh, figure it out. You know, we're gonna be paid well, whatever, boo boo. My parent, my dad, and my uncle walked away from that because they said, "No, we're gonna raise our kids. I'm gonna be with my family." I look at him, I'm like, "Damn, bro, you should have taken it. We would have been okay. My mama, my mama got it, bro. You know, we would have been fucking rich by now." But um, that bro, re- like that showed me, dog, is that my parents came here with nothing, bro, nothing but the clothes on their back, and we're living in a one bedroom. In Wicker Park, when it was hood, bro. Wicker Park used to be hood in the 90s. Like, hood. And yet my father made it. Y sin papeles. Sin papeles made it in front of people, executives at Univision, that are offering them a fucking contract, bro. That shows me, motherfucker, you can do anything. I don't mean to cut you off, and I don't want to say, you know, that shit's dope as fuck. But I definitely want to close out with um, this story. So I was watching the recent Bryson Tiller episode, uh, not episode, but I was watching this Bryson Tiller interview with Big Boy, and he talks about his grandma and how his grandma passed away. And he would promise her all these things. He would say, you know, Granny, when I when I do this, when this happens, when that happens. And it was too late. You know, he lo- he lost her, and he reflected on the fact that I kept waiting. I kept saying when this happens, when this happens, when this happens. And when I lost her, I realized I just got to go do this shit. I got to do it and have no regrets because he was so hesitant on making shit happen because he was in his head. He was, you know, he had depression. He had all these things going on. So I want to close out with that because I want everybody to know that these high level celebrities you see them disappear, it's because they're going through some real shit. And and when that real shit happens to them, just like you, when you lose a grandparent, when you lose somebody who's close to you, they have that wake-up call too. And, I mean, I just want to, you know, go back to this, right? What's holding you back? Don't let it hold you back because don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow's not granted. Right moment is now. Right moment is now. When's the right moment? When you're 30 and then now you're 30 and you're too old. That's how you see it, right? Because you spend all your 20s trying to figure it out. Fuck that, bro. Your right moment is now. And so I think that, I think that you know, we're not perfect. We don't have it all figured out. We're hard on ourselves, but I feel like at the end of the day, bro, we're on the right path, I would say. I feel like you're on the right path. I would say I'm on the right path where we're slowly figuring it out. And it's better to figure it out sooner than later or, like, sooner than ever. Um so while I wish I could be like, yeah, you know, I have it all figured out. This is the formula. Um, it's like, nah, like we're just taking that first step right now, bro. And 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 we've, you, I'm sure this isn't the first thing you've done. I'm sure this isn't, you know, your first project or the first ambition that you've had. The same way that this is not the first single I've dropped, the not first project that I've dropped, you know. Um, but being able to like get up and reinvent yourself, bro. I, I like a. Uh, Thomas Edison, bro. You know he's he maybe you know he's a shitty guy in, in general, right? But but look, the 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 analogy with the with the light bulb, right, is he did it over a thousand times until he got it right. He was like, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just found ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine ways it didn't work, you know, or I found nine hundred ninety nine other ways to do it. That's how we gotta see shit, bro. It's just 
take those punches get get the fuck back up and just keep going bro we're always gonna fucking have issues and we're always gonna deal with things the day that you don't deal with shit anymore bro you should be worried bro because you're probably dead you know what i mean like that's that's the day you don't deal with problems anymore yeah i mean we're all where we're supposed to be bro and i just want to leave off on that honestly oh yeah bro I appreciate it, bro. It was a dope conversation. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Oh, make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. That's it for today. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.